this day, the nation we are blessed to be in, America celebrates Thanksgiving. This is an official proclamation of the president. And every year, there is this proclamation and this renewal of a commitment to give thanks. And many people think that there's every reason for America, especially with all her resources, her freedoms, her doctrines, her political doctrines, and so on. There's every reason, many think, for America to give thanks. In one way, I would agree with that. There's many reasons for Americans and America to give thanks. But I would say that the first thing that America and Americans need is repentance. There's every reason to repent in our nation. And from on high and from below and all of the people and the populace, every reason to repent. Then give thanks, but repent seems to me to be the first calling. We want, as Christians on this day, once again to lead the way in true thanks. And I would say to us, who are God's people, and this is the great congregation of his own assembling, the first thing we are called to do and is our privilege to do is to give thanks. It's not even, I would say, to repent, that's true, but we give thanks for what God has done. Yes, then we repent, but the focus is on giving thanks for the God of our salvation, for his blessing us with innumerable blessings we could not even begin to count, though we do. And yes, we need repentance on the way, but thanks. That's the beginning of heaven. And that is where we will be forever. And may God be with us today that there can be a beginning of heaven understood and enjoyed among us in our congregation. So we want to consider Christian thanks and dissociate this from all other kinds of thanks that are given here. And by the way, did you know we are so self-centered and full of our thinking that we are the exceptional nation as America, that we can't imagine that the whole world doesn't have Thanksgiving day to day. Well, they don't, beloved. This is just an American thing. Canadians don't have American Thanksgiving. They have Canadian Thanksgiving. And I don't know what they do in Saudi Arabia or whatever, but this is a unique holiday here. But be that as it may, we want ourselves to lead the way I wouldn't say dissociate from all of the things, but to lead the way to a higher plane. Now, for that, of course, we need instruction, exhortation, and encouragement from the Word of God. And I want us to turn this morning to Colossians. And I want us to turn to the whole book of Colossians to get a right perspective on thanks, just for a few moments to meditate on one text but to take note of the fact that there are at least four places in this wonderful book of Colossians 
where the apostle leads the way in giving thanks, and we are led by the Spirit to join him to give thanks to God. And it's in every chapter, so I'll go first of all to chapter 1 in verses 3 through 6. Let's read that together. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you, as it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit, as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of God in truth. We could go on because Paul does, but we'll have to stop there. That's the thanks. Giving thanks is Paul to, the, um, to God for the faith and fruitfulness of faith that he hears of among the Colossians. Now let's go skip over to chapter 3. And you have another wonderful text here, verses 15 through 16. And let the peace of God, Colossians 3:15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, and Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And, and then verse 17, whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then chapter 4, to skip over there, chapter 4, verse 2, continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. And that's just where I'm going to stop here. But now go back to chapter 2 in verses 6 through 7, which is kind of a fulcrum, a swing text here. The apostle sets forth the doctrine of Christ, and now a response to that, which will carry over into all of the responses to which were called in Colossians. As you therefore, Colossians 2, 6, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it, in the faith, with thanksgiving. And there you have it. And there you have the theme of my sermon, really, with thanksgiving or Christian thanksgiving, whatever you want to call it. I have a number of points on which I want us to reflect this morning. First of all, Christian thanksgiving is to the right God, and that would be to the Trinity. Christian thanksgiving is theological. It's God-aimed. It goes right from the heart as the response of gratitude to God. Thinks of God, praises God, is resolved to serve this God. This is Christian thanksgiving. It is believing thanksgiving, that there is a God, above all the things we receive. It's, in fact, this Christian thanksgiving, something that distinguishes us from all unbelievers. If you go to chapter 1 of Romans, Romans is an indictment upon the Gentiles who, because they, though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful we read later on that they took the things of God, the good things, the abundant corn harvest and all of the, the cows and so on, if you're a meat eater, 
and they were worshiping them, the creature, rather than the creator. They weren't thankful except for the stuff, and, but not to the God of all the stuff. So we are theological if we would be Christian. And we ought to, and I'm going to be making application here throughout here, we ought to be thinking of this as we congregate today. In this service, not only, but as in the little family congregations or whatever, uh, whoever, with whomever you'll be or if you're all, all alone. Think God. Think heaven. Think the source of all the good things you have. Now, then, and this is what Colossians all, is all about, true theology and true perspective in thanksgiving must be Christological. That is, we think of Christ. God in Christ is revealed. This is what we said together in the Nicene Creed, what we say in the Apostles' Creed. We confess God the Father and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. This is so Vital, of course, for us to remember. And it's a shame when presidents declare a national day of thanksgiving to whomever, whatever God, and don't mention Jesus. This is the folly of America. She's led by fools if those people lead not to God in Christ revealed. But this is not our foolishness. This is our wisdom today. We get to be wise. We get to show off the wisdom of God in us. We cannot do otherwise. We just know these things. We are so blessed and overwhelmed by the blessing of wisdom. And we see God in Jesus. And we are believing this. And we come to worship before we come to the table of our own making. We come to worship God in Christ. He's our Savior, God. This is the blessing of blessings, without which there's nothing. There's nothing. It's all vain. Jesus says you gain the whole world, you gain a thousand turkeys on a thousand hills, and what do you have? If you lose your soul, if you're lost in your sin, but Jesus has come. And he's come not willy-nilly, but according to the will of God. He's come to do the will of God. Determined he was and determined he is, resolute in his heart, to love this God and to love the people who are given to him. He loves you and he dies for you and he rises for you. This is the great gospel that we preach here in this congregation and in any good congregation you'll find this. There is this wonderful God who's revealed in Jesus and we would preach him. Oh, we would preach him. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith of him. That's what Paul's getting at. Later on in another place, he said, we want in every congregation, not only the Corinthian ones, but everyone, to know Christ Jesus and him crucified for you and risen for you. And you're showing the fruit of repentance and thanksgiving and thanksgiving and repentance and all godliness. This is our gift, the gift that God has given. God in Christ Jesus. And then there's this pneumatological perspective, of course, and that's a big word for Holy Spirit perspective because we believe that we're saved by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit Spirit. 
And that is why, in fact, we can heed the verse, the, the text here in Colossians 2, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. That's why we can walk in Christ Jesus the Lord and be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Why? Because Christ Jesus has given us his spirit to be in us. And there's this in Christness, in Christ's spirit that is given to us. This is the thing not just in your stomach, it's in your soul. This is the one who's a person occupying you. You're possessed of God in Christ and his spirit and grace. Wow. And because our Christian thanksgiving and distinction from American thanks of whatever sort and worldwide thanks of whatever sort is Trinitarian. It is in the truth of this triune God that is alluded to in our text. We are to be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith that we've been taught. This is truth. The Bible is the revelation of this God of our salvation. And you don't look at the stock markets and, yes, my stocks are up. I have reason to give thanks. You don't look at your bank account. You don't look at the size of your church, the, the great gathering of your congregation and the table that's laden with stuff. You look to the Bible to discern, to discern and to lead your children to detect and to know the truth of it all, the truth of it all. This is so wonderful. And that truth, the faith, note the definite pronoun here, the definite article, the faith, the body of truth that all the Bible is, that includes, of course, more than God, the truth also of ourselves is in this faith. And there is something to take account of. Thanksgiving is remembering God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and His truth. And part of that truth is you, who are not God the Father, not God the Son, not God the Holy Spirit. And you're a liar in yourself. The humbling truth, the truth of the anthropology of the Scripture is we are fallen and we, are, we have no reason to say even in the temple, especially in the temple, I thank God that I'm not like other men. So as we would be distinguished and shine as lights in Christian thanksgiving, it's not a pride thing. It's a humble thing. We don't have a pride flag around here. That's not just of that weird pride. It's of this very well-known pride, our own pride. There's no pride flat. You don't see any here, do you? Because no one has a reason to be proud in that biblical sense of sinful pride. What we have is gift, and what we owe to God is not something that he needs to receive because uh, we would add to him, but we owe him everything, and we cannot add to him. This is our portion. We are humble people. This is so important. And to know that you're saved and to know the, the church of Christ and to know the end time, just to think upon that, that's a reason to be thankful. 
We confess that too in our creed. We believe in the now, we believe in the yesterday, and we believe in the future. And we're thankful for that which is not yet come, but which is prophesied. Jesus will come. And so we have this, but we ain't seen nothing yet of heaven. And thanksgiving is not just for now, and then tomorrow we die. It's thanks for now, and we can hardly wait for what you have in store for us. Oh, God. Our plates will be full. Uh, We will be full in heaven. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Well, this all reminds us, and we're thinking about theological thanks and Christological and pneumatological and truth thanks and all of that implies. It reminds us of grace. And there's another passage I was going to meditate upon with you this morning, but I chose not to. 2 Corinthians 4, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. It's all about this thing called grace. Remember John says, and of his fullness of all we received, and grace for grace, and I've probably said numerous times in this pulpit that's this picture of here's our shore, and here's the sea of God, the ocean of his 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 deeps, his abundance, and grace comes lapping at our shore. And grace is coming to you today, this free favor of God, this beauty, this power, this thing to help sinners and and to take us from ourselves and our pity parties, to join in the celebration of another, even God. This explains providence. See, some people, and even some of the fathers of our country who were humanists or deists, aberrations from the true Orthodox Christian faith, they would mention providence. And God is the God who provides all that's true. Oh, it's so true. This is the doctrine, Lord's Day 9 of our catechism. We believe in the providence of God, that wonderful, omnipresent, and all-powerful power of God whereby he sustains and governs all things. Providence. Oh. We believe in providence. But we believe, and this is what sets us apart, in grace with the providence Not just, we've got a lot of stuff, then we're blessed. We don't have so much, we're not so blessed. America's got a lot of stuff, she's got peace, she's blessed. She's at war, she's like Ukraine, she's like Russia, she's like the Middle East, she's not so blessed. Or, I'm healthy, I'm blessed. No, I'm in the hospital, I'm not so blessed, I hope to get blessed. You see how we play, or play, or we're led astray by a notion that God in providence communicates to us just what he thinks of us just in sending a thing into our life. And we start measuring. We have more things, we're more blessed. They have less things, they're less blessed. Don't do that. The proper theological 
biblical way of understanding it is that grace is first. Grace is what makes us what we are, Paul says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And if that's the case, it's not by the bank account that I have, I am what I am. It's by the grace of God that I am what I am. Isn't that beautiful? Which means when God gives and when God takes away, when God gives in an unusual way, and when God gives in a usual way, he's blessing me. See that? That's so beautiful. Frees us from any reason to complain. See, God often gives and blesses and graces the most in the takeaways of life. In surgery, in the ICU, and when your loved one is taken away, he's giving you more of himself and giving you more to see then. This life is very short. It's not what we're here for. Ultimately, we're here for glory in heaven. All remember grace with the providence. Remember that all things, Romans 8, 28, work together for good to those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. And he who gave us Jesus Christ, how shall he not freely with him give us all things? And 2 Corinthians 4, again, verse 15, all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. All things, all things. You're being alone on Thanksgiving or with friends or with family or having to work. All things, all things. See them, beloved. And then the special things like the church. <laughs> Thankful for the church where the means of grace are given, the minister of the word of God, an authority from heaven speaks to us. There's a, an earthen vessel, and but there's treasure in that vessel. And so faith is worked, and then there's the sacraments, the preaching and the sacraments together, the ministry of the word of God. How almighty powerful. What a statement to the world. It has itself and has its things and wants some more. When the word of God comes from the church, and that's all we have, and yet it's so mighty powerful to persuade nations and to cause kings to bow and the kingdom of heaven to come and sinners to be cast out of the, the circle of the sphere of the kingdom through the means of church discipline and others to be let in as we recognize that they too are elect believers of God. The communion of saints. You know what the word communion means when it's referenced to the Lord's Supper? It's Eucharist. Some traditions have that name for the Lord's Supper, Eucharist, Eucharist. It's from the word of God that is often translated grace and thanksgiving. 
uh, two words, oikaris, giving or wealth, well grace, in other words. It's it kind of an explanation as to what happens when grace comes your way. What happens when grace comes your way in the communion table and the communion of the saints? Well, when grace comes your way and it laps upon your shore and it goes into your house and it goes into your work and goes into your soul, there's a response, and that response, the only appropriate one, the, the graced one, is that we give thanks. Grace comes, it has its good way, and there we are, communing with God about things eternal, things that God loves, loving what He loves, rejoicing in them, taking them in with the turkey and all the fixings. Yielding, finally, a life. As is our text, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Rooted, built up in him, established in the faith, as you've been taught, abounding in the faith with thanksgiving as you walk, of course. Well, what's a walk? It's a life. How different this is from the one day a year people who think of thanks, I suppose, think of another being, but who go on with their lives starting Black Friday, Cyber Monday, they have another day, two, they're whatever. All our days, graced as they are, marked with thanks, abounding thanks, holy thanks, thanks that abounds at all seasons. That's the idea of abounding. It, it just spills over, this thank virtue within, this sense of the the goodness of God to us within, it spills over. The, the river that is, or the, the, um, the riverbed that is our souls cannot hold the water of the grace of God and it goes over the banks and it, right, it, it causes to be fruitful all of the area of our life on either side of our soul. This is abounding, this is spilling over so that people see you when you're waiting to buy some tires as I was yesterday and an old couple walks in and we start talking about blessed Thanksgiving, not just happy Thanksgiving. There's something spilling over because our God is greater than we are. He spills over our little lives and reminds us that our lives are just little and he spills over my little ministry. It's just a ministry. But there's a big word in it that has to get out and will get out and unto the people of God's good pleasure. So that's a walk. That's a service. That's a joy. That's a joy. All seasons, all ways, all parts of life. And I'll leave you with this, beloved. Don't be like nine-tenths of Christians, so-called. And I'm referring to the lepers who were healed by Jesus, all ten of them, and only one came back to give thanks to Jesus. 
That's representative parabolically of just the ratio, the percentage of people who are really Christians in a, in a real and right situation with God. One-tenth, just a remnant even of Christians who call themselves, according to the creed, Christians. One-tenth, one-tenth of their life maybe give thanks to God. And then we're back in the rut. Then we're back in the rut of our ritualized religion, forgetting the wonderful Redeemer of our religion and of our souls, Jesus Christ. Be not as the one-tenth. You healed lepers, you, and I'm one of those. Or be not as the nine-tenths, but as the one-tenth. And may God go with us. May we carry on. But not carry on business as usual because we've been visited again today. And let's go on with heads held up higher. Our teeth showing in joy and happiness. Our minds thinking upon good things focused on the Savior so that we dwell in Him and His Word dwells in us and we love that together. The world is a congregation, kind of. It comes together. And I, I find this striking. Like at the time when Jesus was crucified, they came together, all right, against Jesus, against God. And they're still like that. And they're getting more and more together through the media of the age, banding together and doing a lot of complaining together and a lot of asserting their rights together and individually and coming up with false philosophies and everything, this togetherness, so that they can kind of dig their holes deeper in their complaint and, and then somehow try to come up with some solution that will satisfy us all, at least superficially. But God is not in the whole business, beloved. That's the crowd. That's the madding crowd of a mad age. That's the vain world. Be not like that. Be not merely American. Be Christian. Be God's children. That's who you are. And may God be thanked by you and me and all of us together. The crowd, now a true blessed congregation for which we have every reason to be thankful. God is good. Give him thanks and praise. Shall we not? Amen. We thank you, Father, that you love us. We thank you that you bear long with us and forgive us every single day. We thank you that you're not ashamed of us. Jesus is not ashamed to call us brethren. May we not be ashamed of you. And may we show that we are glad in you and would give glory to you by giving thanks to you. May we be the thankful people and may the thankful people come and enter into the gates and courts of God to worship. Hear our prayers and bless us. Give us a great day great days, and lead us back to worship on the Lord's day.
on that great day in your good time and pleasure. Bless those who are not with us, who may be traveling. We pray that they may be enriched by your word today and also think upon this and witness of this. Call your church to yourself. Call sinners to repentance. Turn them from things good and bad to the God above, to the God of grace, to the Lord Jesus, who is indeed the Savior of sinners, who will be exalted in the church and in its praise forever. May that forever praise continue to begin now. Amen.